Hey folks, and welcome back to the Blue Light Podcast. I'm Brendan from Blue Light, and this is the only place you need to be to find out all the latest revelations and updates about police recruitment, especially in the United Kingdom, England and Wales. So here we are, folks. 2021. Wow. I mean, what a year 2020 was. This time last year, we had no idea how much the world was going to change, did we? I mean, I can remember walking around York, where we're based, York in North um, North Yorkshire in England, uh, this time last year, and we just didn't have a clue, did we? We just didn't have a clue. But how the world has changed, and how police recruitment has changed. So, so much of it is now online. The old assessment centres that I used to prepare people for and help them uh, make sure they succeeded in, gone probably never to come back for all sorts of different reasons and now we've got all sorts of new inventions and new ways of ensuring that the police recruitment process can still run so 2021 is now on us i'm going to predict in this podcast what 2021 is going to involve for police recruitment and how you can make sure that you are the one who is successful in 2021 to ensure that you secure a place get that warrant card in your pocket that precious warrant card in your pocket in 2021 or in early 2022 as opposed to late 2022 or 2023 or not at all i'll tell you more about that in a moment so what's happening in the police recruitment world at the moment well about a year and a half ago boris johnson prime minister indicated that uh, we were going to have a massive recruitment drive in the police sector and that was going to result in an extra 20,000 officers. Now, don't be fooled by that phrase extra. And we also said there were new officers as well. Don't be fooled by that phrase new. Now, 20,000, they're not extra and they're not new because uh, 10 years ago, the police service of uh, England and Wales had about 142,000 officers. Austerity reduced that to about 120. So another 20,000 on top of normal recruitment is just going to take us back to where we were in 2010. So they're not actually extra officers. And although there may have been new, uh, that was the intention anyway, a year and a half ago, I'm not quite sure how many of those 20,000 are actually going to be considered to be new. And here's why. So those figures and the plans for recruitment were always based on the predictions of the number of officers who were going to leave because you've of course you've got to fill the gaps left by those people who have served with honor who go on to retire or decide to leave mid-career now we know how, who and when is going to retire because you know it's a 30-year career or it's a bit longer now but the people who are retiring now signed up for 30 years so we know that when they hit the 30-year mark, they're going to go. So we can predict those officers uh, leaving, and we know that they're going to leave a vacancy. Now, the thing that's thrown most forces is that they normally predicted a certain number of officers leaving mid-career. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're still leaving with honour, you know, 10 or 15 years in the police. My goodness, you've done your fair share. You've given your all, but you just want to go and do something else. And that's fine. And that's fine. However... The sort of 4,000 or so nationally that would normally leave aren't doing so at the moment. Why? Well, how many of you would leave a secure career in the police service to put yourself out in the employment market at this moment in time when there's so many people being made redundant, there's so many people finding themselves unemployed, and where job vacancies are incredibly hard fought over? 
It's just not the environment for people to leave the police at this moment in time. Might change in the future. Might not, though. I mean, let's face it, we are entering a period where unemployment is going to increase and the competition for jobs is also going to increase. And it already is. You know, you just have to look it up in the news. It already is. And actually, this is something I do outside of Blue Light uh, through something called the, the Interview Hacker, where I help people prepare for any job worldwide. And we're seeing the same thing. Um, more, far more people applying for far fewer jobs. And so for that reason, forces are finding that they're, if they're sticking to their old recruitment plans, they are over-recruiting. They don't need that many people. So what is happening now is that people who have passed every stage of the process are sometimes being told there's no vacancy for you. And that's happened in the Cheshire Constabulary. And it's also happened, I believe, in Devon and Cornwall with their direct entry detectives. And other forces are now giving people start dates based on their total score at Interview and Assessment Centre. What this means is that some people who scored in the lower band are being given start dates of 2022. October 2022. I heard that someone had been given a start date of October 2022 uh, last November. So that's almost two years away. <laughs> and I've already spent a year in the recruitment process. So from the day they submitted their application form to the day they get a warrant card in their pocket is going to be over three years, which is just bonkers. But it is what it is. Forces now are having to review their recruitment plans based on the comprehensive spending review from the government. And this is going to have an impact in the future. And it's already having an impact now. So as with unemployment and employment across the country and across the world, the same is happening in the police. I'm going to predict for 2021 that there are fewer vacancies and they're going to be harder fought over by those people who are in the candidate pool. And I think what's going to happen right at the very beginning is a lot of people will get screened out. More people will get screened out at application form stage. There's a lot of forces, forces like Durham, used to set the bar really, really high in terms of the quality of your submission in the application form, and they'd screen people out for all sorts of spurious reasons and genuine reasons as well. Um, and I think we may also see a return to all sorts of bizarre forms of... Um, application form uh, sifting as well so northumbria police last year uh, before the pandemic uh, used to select people at random from the application bucket if you like and there's a few other forces have been doing that sort of thing as well so i'm not quite sure how random selection works um, but that's what they're having to do because they can only put so many people through the system and they only need so many people and it's fewer people than they thought they were going to need so what are we going to do about this? There's a challenge, folks. There's the challenge. You've got to, all you've got to do, I mean, the space is there, there's vacancies there for you. You've just got to make sure that you are better than everyone else. <laughs> Does that make sense? you just got to make sure that you score higher than the person next to you. And if that sounds like it's very competitive, it is. Actually, it's always been competitive getting to the police. When I joined in 1985 in the Cheshire Constabulary, uh, once we were in, we were told that only one in 40. So out of every 40 application forms, only one actually succeeds. A total of six days worth of assessments and interviews, three of those in the Welsh mountains. Two nights and three days in the Welsh mountains, being beasted up and down mountains and crossing rivers and all sorts of SAS stuff just to get into the police. So it's always been competitive, folks. 
It's just that it's going to get more competitive now. So what can we do to prepare for this? Well, listen, I get so many people contacting me, asking me questions that, honestly, folks, give you a little bit of feedback if this is one of you. How can I put this subtly? Start getting more resourceful. There's so many resources out there that there's no excuse for asking me questions like, what are the vetting requirements? Uh, or what the fitness requirements that are needed? Or what qualifications do I need to get into the police? Or how do I actually apply? You know, start preparing now for these really, really simple things and start showing a little bit of resourcefulness. And I hope this isn't coming across the wrong way, folks. But honestly, when I get contacted by people saying, what are the vetting requirements? I feel sometimes, I mean, I always send them the, the vetting standards and the vetting guidelines, but all I do to get them is I just go onto Google and just say police vetting guidelines or police vetting requirements. <laughs> Simple as that. Just do something called Google. So there's a lot you can do now to prepare for the process by making sure that you meet all the requirements. So I, so many of you don't, don't do this. And it, it just it breaks my heart for you as well because you're putting everything into the recruitment process and you're passing the interview and you're passing the online assessment center and then all the checks that you actually meet the requirements come at the very end so vetting checking your qualifications checking your fitness all happens at the end of the process because it's expensive to do this vetting is expensive to do so they can't vet thousands they want to vet hundreds so you need to make sure that you are meeting all the vetting requirements. Now, I've had people in tears on the phone with me because, you know, they've got a caution for shoplifting from when they were 16. Well, it's a dishonesty offence and they're never going to get into the police. Um, other people who've got a public order act um, offence against them from 15 years ago. Still, you're not going to get into the police or a no insurance. I think it's 10 years has got to go by before a no insurance can be considered or a drink drive you know if you've got things like this in your past you, you've got to make sure that you are actually going to be able to join the police it doesn't matter how much of a corner you've turned in your life and i admire that some of the people i've worked with who turn that corner they're family people and they've got great careers and they're doing awesome stuff in communities but the fact is in their past they've got a conviction that's going to prevent them ever joining the police and it might sound harsh but there are reasons for it especially if you're preparing a case around a drink drive case and you've got a drink drive conviction yourself how can we how can we trust that you're going to be um objective and impartial or if you've got a dishonesty offense behind you which theft is how can we ever trust you? Even if you're the most trustworthy person ever at court, the defense are going to say, can I just check officer um, on your previous convictions? Is one of them not theft? And you're going to have to say, yeah, yes, your worships it is. Does that not involve dishonesty, officer? Well, yes, your worships it does. Well, how can we trust you then? And that's the end of it. So they're not going to take that risk. So that's why vetting is really, really important. And mention everything, folks. Don't skip stuff out thinking, oh, they'll never find out because it's 20 years ago. They're the police. That's what they do. So make sure all of that is ticked off, folks. This is the stuff you can prepare for now. And it's not that the resources aren't there. It's you've just got to get resourceful. That's what you've got to do. So I also get people saying, so how can I prepare for the bleep test? Well, there's apps out there. Yeah, but I can't access a gym. No, you don't need to. Just just use the lampposts and run run from one lamppost to another and, you know, mark out the distance, run five lampposts and run back again and time yourself and use the bleep test app. Come on, folks. 
resourcefulness. I hope that comes across the right way. But honestly, if I get like 50% less messages from people saying, can you show me where or can you tell me what, then awesome. (laughs) I can spend more time focusing on giving you advice for the stuff that you can't find out. So going on to the stuff that you can't find out. Um, Interviews, online assessment centers. These are the things you can also start preparing for now. Now, I I can't go into it in uh, in too much depth in this podcast. This is like predicting 2021. Maybe in future podcasts, I can talk about the sort of specifics that you can start preparing for now. But one of the things I, another thing I often get a little bit surprised by is people come to me like a week before their interview or a week before the online assessment center and say, I'm not quite sure what to do to prepare. Can you help me? Well, it's almost too late. You know, I'm coaching someone at the moment who has left it far too late and there's really big gaps in his life experience that if he'd come to me two months ago he could have filled in that two-month period but now he can't and he's going to struggle he's going for his final interview soon and he's really really going to struggle so we've got to start setting our stall out now now not tomorrow not in a week's time because that will never come. Today is the day. So by the end of this podcast, I want you to have committed to doing something, to taking some action and listening to my podcast. Hey, that's great. Watching my YouTube videos. Fantastic. Hey, if you've signed up to one of my courses, then that's awesome. But just listening to me, watching me, reading stuff is never going to be a substitute for experience. Experience trumps knowledge and understanding every day of the week so you have an experience where you've practiced the answer to an interview question let's use that as an example and then you debrief it with yourself or with another person a loved one who may have listened to you and you extract the learning from that and then you go back to it again and practice again so practice rehearse review learn repeat after me just keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it you can't rehearse enough because a lot of people get feedback at their interview to say the content was okay but you just sounded too rehearsed which means that you're not coming across as being your true authentic and emotional self and you're in front of people who can't be bs'd you know the people interviewing you for the final or enforced interview they are sergeants they are inspectors they're sometimes chief inspectors and superintendents you can't bs them you can't pull wool over their eyes you can't you know, pull a fat one with them. They don't get to those ranks by collecting tokens from Cocoa Pops packets. I mean, honestly, they really don't. You get to those ranks these days because you're good people, people. You can read people, you understand people. And the reason why they use operational officers to do the interviewing is so that the the blame, if they pick the wrong officers, lies with the operational officers. You know, there's a, the assistant chief constable can't ever have complaints coming to him or her to say, what are you doing? What, what are you choosing for us? What sort of recruits are you sending to the front line? Because they'll just turn around and say, sort yourselves out, inspectors, because it's your responsibility. And so you've got to get past these extremely real authentic individuals who are looking at you thinking is this the sort of person who can work with me do i believe in them because i'm going to invest upwards of two million pounds in terms of what they're going to cost in terms of salary and pension and what they're going to cost if they're the wrong sort of person in our communities is enormous you can't even put a price tag on it and what they're going to achieve if they're the right sort of person is again enormous you can't put a price tag on it 
the good that you can do in communities, the help you can provide to citizens, the lives you can turn round. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for superheroes because the police officers are out there. Frankly, they are superheroes. So that's what they're looking for. And so that comes from practicing and rehearsing and making sure that you rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. So on the day of your performance, you come across as being prepared and confident. And now is the time to start preparing for that. Not tomorrow, folks. All right. So you've got to commit now. I'm going to give you a moment, actually. I'm going to give you 10 seconds where I'm going to get you to commit to something that you're going to do today some action that you're going to take today now not tomorrow all right so here's 10 seconds of silence just so you can think about what it is yeah it doesn't silence feel weird hey not if you're a police officer, you get to love silence. You ask a question and then the person who talks first loses. <laughs> so, well, not so much loses, but you know, you've got someone in an interview, especially a suspect, you ask a tough question, they are talking, and then you give them the silence and people will fill the silence. Well, I hope you've filled it with something that's awesome that you're going to do in terms of taking action. And that's a thing that's not reading or watching. It's actually a doing thing so it'd be fantastic if you could let me know in the comments by the way uh, when you rate this podcast and give it a five-star rating which would be awesome put something in there as well about what it is that you've decided to take action to do what you've committed to do today the win that you're going to create yourself see yourselves as little wins and give yourself a reward at the end of the day but do something every day and commit every day to doing something that's going to take you closer to your goal and you are going to succeed you know if you're going to do that you're going to succeed because other people just aren't resourceful enough and they're not going to be taking that kind of action not the action that you're going to be taking so commit to do that make it part of your everyday thing that you do build up that momentum and celebrate each little mini win no matter what it is even if you've just learned a millimeter closer to your goal then celebrate that as a win and and share it with other people as well actually share it in the facebook group actually come and join us now we're on this one come and join us in february in the facebook group and if you're in the Facebook group already, then you're going to get access to it automatically. But in February, I'm going to run a five-day performance booster challenge. I ran one of these before Christmas, but it was a 21-day one. Actually, it was a it turned out to be a grueler towards the end. I love doing it, but 21 days, oh my goodness. It turned into 24 days because I just couldn't pack it all in. I think I'd overcommitted. So I had about 70 people on that challenge, and it was awesome. Honestly, the feedback was just fantastic. The people that attended really threw themselves into it. Fantastic working with them. Loved every moment. But I can't do a 21-day challenge. It's just too much. So I'm doing a bigger challenge for more people, but it's just five days. So uh, second week of February, can't remember the exact date. But it'd be in a Facebook group. If you're a member already, you've already got access. If you're not a member, come and join us. And that's where we're going to look to boost your performance to make sure that you're not the one who's getting a start date in 2022, or you're not the one who's getting an email to say, you passed everything well done, but we don't have any space. We don't want that one happening, do we? We really don't. So what else can we do to start preparing for 2021? Well, the other thing about preparing for your interview is making sure that you've actually got things to talk about that are relevant. Now, you can talk about difficult decisions, but frankly, you know, deciding what home you're going to live in, where you're going to live, what university course you're going to do, 
Or I've even heard someone try and sell me that a difficult decision was buying a new car. I mean, come on, these are just big decisions, not difficult ones. The difficult ones, the working with others, uh, the inappropriate comments, the uh, managing change, supporting change, delivering the best possible service, all of the sort of typical questions that you're going to get asked, all require you to demonstrate a level of being able to work with other people, doing something where you gave 120% without being asked to do so. That's what I used to look for in an interview. People who gave 120% without being asked to do so, because that's what I require of police officers on my teams. So that's what they're looking for. So go out and start getting the evidence now. And I talk about getting the evidence, I mean getting the experience. So there's so many of you I've supported who are really stoked because even in the workplace, you've not pushed yourself, you've not promoted yourself, you've not gone to your boss and said, can I take on extra responsibility for something? You've not stepped up when the time was right to step up and do the right thing, even when doing nothing or something else would have been easier. You've not shown that you've got the competency and values framework and the code of ethics running through your blood and in your DNA, and that's what you need to do. Now, I know some of you are going to think, oh, it's a little bit daunting now, but hey, if you can't face daunting then there's no space for you in the constabulary because every day is daunting. Every day is challenging. Every day is difficult and you've no idea what's going to come next. So if you feel that that's too daunting for you, then is the police the right career for you? Four o'clock in the morning when you've been on duty for 11 hours and you're being asked to go to a sudden death of a six-month-old. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for the grieving parents? Can you pull the emotional resilience out of a hat to be able to do that. And that's what they're looking for. So start collecting the evidence now and get involved in volunteering. Some of you might be thinking, oh, I'll never get involved in the, I'll never get into a special constabulary in time. No, I'm not talking about special constabulary. I mean, that's great to get an experience of what the police is like so you can decide whether this is for you. But the sort of volunteering that's really going to give you amazing life experience to talk about is things like volunteering at homeless charities, uh, volunteering with the NHS at this moment in time. They're screaming out for volunteers. Get involved in community. Even if you've got a full-time job, give up some of your time to get involved as an active citizen because this will carry kudos with it. Imagine starting off a question. Can you tell me about a time when you've worked with others to, to solve a problem? Yes, in my role as a volunteer in a homeless charity called Mad Dogs Street Project in Manchester, it was about two o'clock on a Saturday morning and I was out with one of my fellow team members and what we were doing is checking the, the people of Manchester who were homeless in the city centre weren't at risk of dying or coming to any harm. And I came across one individual. You see what I mean? As opposed to, well, as part of my university course, uh, we had to prepare a presentation for um, the lecturer. And the three of us came together to decide how we're going to do the presentation. You know, which one's carrying the most weight, folks? Which one is carrying the most weight? It's the first one, every day of the week. Whenever I hear anyone in my practice sessions, and I, I do practice sessions with hundreds, thousands of people, webinars, every week there's webinars with people, groups of people, 20 plus sometimes, and every time I hear anyone say something like, in my role as a volunteer for, in my role as a leader on the Duke of Edinburgh scheme, in my role as something that's demonstrating you're an active citizen, citizen, my ears prick up and I listen to what you've got to say. Sometimes I help you tidy it up so that it comes across even more awesome. But you've already got me. 
you've already got my attention. And it's the same with the interviewers and the police. You get their attention straight away when you start talking about things like that. You start talking about working with others to help prepare a presentation at university or college. I'm sorry, I'm going to tune out and switch off. Honestly, I will. Because everyone's done it. It doesn't set you aside as a superhero, does it? So, and I'm not saying that, you know, blandly superhero. You know, I love the people who are out there. Anyone who's out there doing a, a role that requires a blue light on the top of their vehicle, then I love them sincerely. I love them for what they do. So this is what we need to do. We need to make sure that we're going to come across as a sort of person that's capable of stepping up to that kind of plate uh, without wanting thanks, to demonstrate the resilience that's needed. If that's you, then you, you are on the right career track. If it's not, then, hey, come on, you know, come and join us in the Facebook group and we can talk about it, because it, it might just be that you're doubting yourself, but... Sometimes people have that like a little bit of imposter syndrome, don't they? That I can never be this kind of superhero. But a lot of people have got it within them. you just got to find some way of putting it into action so that you can talk about it at the interview. Does that make sense? I know it might seem daunting. But, you know, you're ready for 30, 40 years of daunting every day. Because that's what being a police officer is. All right, so what else can we do? Well, we need to prepare for the weirdest recruitment process ever. And that's the online assessment centre where the College of Policing put something together to replace the day one or the search assessment centre. And that's going to be around for a while. Like. That's not going away anytime soon. This pandemic's going to go on for, oh, at least several months. At the earliest, you know, we'll be coming out of this, I guess, in autumn 2021. So this online assessment centre is going to be with us for a while. And even when we do move to something that's more face-to-face, -face, I think it'll be a blend of the current online assessment centre and something that forces run that's face-to-face. -face. So College of Policing tell you in the guidance, just act naturally and just be yourself. It's the worst advice ever. This is the most formulaic tick box process you could ever go through. I could coach my 12-year-old daughter to pass this. I mean, seriously, I could. So... This is exact, it's the polar opposite of the interview, by the way, polar opposite of the interview. It's a process that's so tick box, so formulaic, I, I could I could prepare, I don't know, I'm not going to go as far as my nine-year-old son, but 12-year-old daughter, definitely. She could pass it, she could walk it, and she could get an awesome mark as well, because it's so, so tick box, but it still needs you to prepare for it. So it's that same thing. We've got to practice, we've got to rehearse, we've got to review our performance, we've got to improve, create that momentum that means that you're doing something every day to take yourself closer to that goal of succeeding. Now, one of my clients recently just came back with an awesome mark. For the interview phase, he got something like top 70-something percent, 78 percent, something like that. For the stage three part, which is a written exercise around the community uh, policing problem and a 36-minute long in total uh, briefing around a community policing type problem. Uh, actually, quite quite a tough one because we're going to ask you questions about violent crime and drug dealing and stuff like that. And he scored 93% in his stage three. I asked him how he did it, and he just said, "Well, I followed your advice, Brendan. I just practiced and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced until I felt like I was a clone of you." <laughs> and I thought, "Well, that's awesome." That's how you get 93%, because he practiced so much, he rehearsed, he created little wins every day for himself, and it's paid off. He's at the front of the queue now. He is at the front of the queue. He is the one that's going to get the early start date. And the reason why I don't want you, the blue lighters out there, to get a start date in 2022 or 2023 is who knows what's going to happen in terms of recruitment. 
because there's not going to be a lot of money around. This pandemic is costing the country, it's costing the world a fortune. The governments of the world, including the United Kingdom, are going to have to pay for all of this. And it's going to, the only way to pay for it is raising taxes and stopping, the, you know, reducing the amount of money they spend. There's no other way around it. There's, there is no magic money tree, you know, there really isn't. So something's going to happen. And my guess is that there's going to be comprehensive spending reviews that look at further cutting back on police resources, whether the police like it or not, whether it's a good idea or it isn't. The police, although we say that they should be a priority, probably are not going to be a priority compared to education and the NHS. Um, that's just my guess. That's my prediction. That's why it's at the beginning of the year. I can do this prediction, can't I? I'm, I hope I'm wrong. But I can see some cuts. And, and speaking to some of my contacts in forces, um, they're already starting to feel the pinch financially. So I, I, saw, I saw this happening in uh, 10 years ago with when the austerity t- started. This is how it, it's just a slow trickle of pressure that before long became a tidal wave. So I don't want you to be in those intakes that are set for 2022 and 2023 because they may never happen. There's quite a few forces that have done that. They've just cancelled intakes. So we've got to make sure that we are scoring awesomely this year, folks. The hard work starts now. You've already committed in that 10-second gap to doing something. Every day, create a something that you're going to do. Take some action. Build up that momentum. Celebrate every win. Everything that you do is a win because it's taking you closer to your goal. Everything you do that's taking action is you winning the race. So... Let's get across the line before everyone else. That's all you need to do, folks. You just need to score better in the process than everyone else to secure one of those places. Get that warrant card in your pocket. Honestly, it's so worth it. Anyway, folks, there you go. There's my prediction for 2021 and some of the things that you should be, not should be, need to be doing to make sure that you are ultimately successful. I'm going to put a link to the Facebook group in the blurb. Um, and please do, like I said before, you know, if you're, if you're still listening to this now, it means that it must be awesome. It must be worth a five-star rating. Being cheeky now, aren't I? So get that five-star rating in there for me and give me some feedback on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Be awesome. And tell me what your win is and tell me what action you're taking. And I'll see what I can do to take some of those comments and I'll put them uh, well, I'll shout them out next week. It'd be awesome to hear from you and get you included in these podcasts. Oh, by the way, some other news as well. Did you know, I should have told you this at the beginning, shouldn't I? I'll tell you at the beginning in the next podcast, but did you know that worldwide, this podcast, the Blue Light Podcast, is number 13 in terms of careers podcasts? Number 13. How awesome is that? Let's get us into the top 10, folks. Um, get it rated, get it, keep getting bumped up to the uh, top 10. That'd just be incredible, wouldn't it? Incredible. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. And I shall uh, look forward to podcasting for you next week about police recruitment. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye for now.